Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Thursday, August 11th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we assess the damage after two massive storm systems washed through the D.C. region. Flash flooding over to cars, stranded drivers, and poured into low-lying buildings. WTOP's John Doman went down to Riverdale this morning and talked to business owners about the damage. I hope it's over. <laughs> like, I'm really hoping there's no more storms because let's all just clean up. And the mantra, turn around, don't drown, is good as gold. But WTOP's Dave Dildine gives additional flooding advice, as sometimes this mantra is impossible to follow. You come across a water-covered roadway, you rightfully stop, but then immediately traffic backs up behind you, and there's mm. no way to reverse course and turn around. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Clody is off today. That's the sound of Olufumi Johnson walking through a flooded parking lot in Riverdale on Monday. She had to be rescued from her pickup truck as waters were rising fast. The car wouldn't move. I was stuck in the car. These folks right here had to get me out of the car. You can see my clothes is wet. Yes. The water got to my, to my chest. And just three days later, Riverdale was once again ravaged by heavy rains and flooding. WTOP's John Doman walked along Kenilworth Avenue today, talking to business owners and residents about the storm. He joins us now. John, thanks for being here. And what'd you see? Well, I saw just a lot of debris all over the ground in some of the stores that actually did get flooding. Like they still had mud, dried mm. mud all over the floor. And, and actually one store I went to, the manager was using a broom to push puddles and puddles of water off his floor and out the door. And that means that the water must have gotten pretty high. I mean, through the doorway and over the windows. So the people I spoke with said that it was coming in from both directions, the front door and the back door of this little little strip of a shopping center. It's not very big at all. Mm. You had water coming in from two different directions, basically both sides. Uh, got a, It was a couple of inches deep. So, you know, they said it got up about around to their ankles or whatever, but that it was even deeper on the outside. And this was uh, right along Kenilworth Avenue, uh, maybe a block south of East West Highway, and what doesn't help is that so the, the road is higher than the shopping center and the sidewalk actually sort of slopes down. Mm. So any water that was hitting the sidewalk and the street was also, if it didn't go in the drain, it was going into all these stores, too. So that kind of made it worse. And how bad was the damage? I mean, we know this wasn't just yesterday's storms. This happened earlier this week, too. Well, it, it sort of depends on which store that, I, that you go into. Uh, I went into a convenience store and a, and a clothing store. They had most of their stuff off the off the floor but items that were in the storage room and items that were at ground level those also uh sustained various amounts of damage they were still sort of assessing things when i was in there this morning uh some of the cabinets and the shelves that they had in there the wood was sort mm. of peeling because of all the water damage and stuff i walked by a furniture store in the shopping center they were closed mm. which makes sense but i looked inside and it was just a mess and Ugh. that's where i saw a lot of mud and dirt there was a picture that you can probably see at wtop.com by now That'll show you sort of the inside of there. There's a lot of, I mean, all that furniture is on the floor. That's going to get wet. You can't really have wet furniture. It doesn't work very well. Mm. And then, again, the cell phone store that I was in, 
not as bad because all the stuff that would be in the display case would be above it, but they couldn't open today. They've been dealing with power outages as well. Uh, It's just, even if they didn't lose merchandise or inventory, they still lost time in business because of all the cleanup. Right. And moving from the stores to the people, what did people and business owners tell you? How damaging is this to their futures? So Angelica Flores, who owns a few of the stores with her family that was in the shopping center, was just saying, I hope it's over. <laughs> like, I'm really hoping there's no more storms because there's all this cleanup. We've been here since nine trying to clean it up and it's a lot. <laughs> this is two big flash floods in three days. A lot of water caught in and it was a lot of cleanup to do, especially because we were still recovering since Monday storm. Which, I mean, I mean, one's bad enough, but but then two days later to turn around and have to deal with it all again. And, and from those that I spoke with, apparently what happened yesterday on Wednesday was even worse than what happened on Monday, which was pretty bad. Well, uh, One guy told me he'd like to see the city, the town of Riverdale, maybe do a little bit more. There, there's certainly some drainage issues there. The store is not going to open today, so we're going to be closed for the whole day, meaning a loss for the store, literally. I will say that probably the town of Riverdale should actually do something about the trains. And so whether this was really on people's minds before, I think it's going to be now. Uh, to what extent, what they're going to be able to do, I don't know. I mean, Riverdale is kind of a small town. Mm. Um, they would probably need some county, state, and maybe federal help, depending on what the scope of the problem is, if this is going to be a, a regular reoccurring thing. But this was just one of those things where they'd like to see some sort of help because if they've dealt with this twice this week— you know, there's sort of some um, some shell shock to it, yeah. and, and there's going to be some concerns in the back of their minds every time it storms that this might happen again. I mean, and this was a stretch of road where you had a lot of cars get stuck and trapped last night. Mm. Some people were there for a while because you're bounded, by, again, by all this concrete. There's a lot of construction, not just with Purple Line, but just in general. And all, all the streams and stuff, there's just so much right there, and, and people are getting trapped. We've seen it now twice this week. People yeah. are trapped in their cars. John, thank you for bringing us the story. Absolutely. And after the break, we pick up this very conversation with WTOP's traffic reporter, Dave Dildine. He walks us through how we can stay safe when waters are rising and there's nowhere to go. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys, and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. Flash flooding. It's really no joke, especially when you're driving. It's a serious and sometimes deadly weather event. And the mantra, turn around, don't drown, gets at that very point. But this phrase, while helpful, is sometimes impossible to follow, especially in urban driving conditions. So what do you do then? Thankfully, WTOP's traffic reporter Dave Dildine wrote an article to answer this very question. He joins us now. Dave, thanks for being here. You bet. So first things first, what inspired you to write this article? Over the years, I've covered a lot of flash flooding. I was in Ellicott City. Uh, I was on Broad Branch Road. It was overtaken by the creek, several feet deep. 
Um, I was on Canal Road when I watched drivers climb out of their sunroofs and onto their windows, out of their windows and onto the roofs of their cars, submerged in feet and feet of water. I've seen it over and over and over again. Turn around, don't drown is a really important slogan. Uh, TAD, the National Weather Service, um, created that basically to instill in people that you absolutely should not drive through mm. water-covered roadways, especially when you can't see how deep the water is. It's dangerous. It could cost you your property. It could cost you your life. Right. Uh, but it's it's often easier said than done in urban areas, especially on controlled access highways and one-way roads. Mm. We have a lot of those around here. Right. I mean, I can imagine a situation where water's in front of you. You stop. You can't turn around. But the water just keeps coming towards you and rises towards your feet. It's a big challenge in this area. We have congestion, we have aging infrastructure, and we have highways and byways that are guardrailed in or walled off on the sides. You come across a water-covered roadway, you rightfully stop, but then immediately traffic backs up behind you, and there's mm. no way to reverse course and turn around. Literally being asked to turn around in that instance is, to being, a is being asked to do something illegal, mm. to drive the wrong way on a highway. Um, the Weather Service says that if you uh, find water that is coming up into your wheel wells and into your vehicle, you need to escape, obviously. But before you get to that point, there are a few things you can do to keep yourself safe. One of them is to try to signal behind you, try to gesture to the, the drivers behind you to just back up. Mm. If you can, either with your hands or with your uh, backup lights or your hazards or a combination of all of those things, even a couple feet Getting right. up on a higher ground could matter, could could make the difference between um, staying dry and going in the drink. Mm. Um, if you can't do that, obviously, though, you've got to abandon your vehicle as a last resort. Right. I mean, if water is surrounding your vehicle and it's, you can't even open your door because water is up against it, how do you get out? What do you do? Make sure if it's getting to that point that you roll down the windows or in an extreme circumstance, you... Uh, open the sunroof, you might have to get out that way. But you've got to take um, extreme measures to save yourself. Mm. Uh, your property's probably toast at that point. Your car's uh, in the water, but at least you, you're, you're rescuing yourself. And you can wait until authorities arrive. They're not going to be there immediately. They're mm. likely going to be inundated themselves with rescue calls, but at least you can keep yourself safe. Uh, in the rain, you'll be wet, but at least you won't be in the flooding. And timing is a factor here. Even the word flash flood kind of tells us that it's a short time span where all these things can happen. But can you tell us more about how much time you really have and how quickly you have to act? It's flash flooding, and it's called that for a reason. You have a very limited amount of time to react. When you're in this in the specific instance, when you're on a limited access highway and you're boxed in, you've got rising water in front of you, and you've got stop traffic behind you, you've got guardrails on each side, you don't have many options at that point. You only have a few seconds to react, and the water's mm. going to rise very quickly. And uh, if you have the option, if you're not walled in, you obviously get the higher ground immediately. That right. might be just a little rise in a parking lot nearby. That might be a, a, a hill on the road behind you, but at least getting to higher ground. If you don't have that option and you're boxed in, your options are very limited. So you need to take action immediately, signaling to drivers behind you that you're in trouble because those drivers may not see the water in front of you. They, right. They're not in the front of the line. Mm. And it's going to be hard to resist the peer pressure to go through it. They're going to be probably, they might be honking at you. You know, they might be wondering why you're not moving. Right. So, but you've got to, you've got to be smart. You've got to use common sense. You've just got to use common sense uh, to protect yourself in that, in that moment. His name was uh, William Diggs and he was the guy in the pink shirt on the top of his car on Canal Road in early July, 2019. He mm. did not have any options. He told me uh, in an interview after that ordeal that he was caught between rising water and stop traffic, and he was out of options. He stopped before the flooding, but the flooding came to him. Mm. 
And so in that moment, your options are very few. And so this past week, we've seen torrential downpours day after day. You've been covering kind of these events over the years. Are you seeing an increase in frequency? And should we be more prepared now than ever? It sure seems like we're seeing more of these rain bombs, these you know, the atmosphere is so water-loaded in the summers, and they just it unleashes torrents of rain in short periods of time, inches and inches, and in under an hour. And our infrastructure just isn't keeping up with that. It's aging as it is, and um, there's only so much that storm drains and a, and a sewer system can do to keep up with, you know, a, an enormous amount of volume of rain in such a short period of time. Um, also, on that note, it's it's important because of the recurrence of these flash flood events in the deep summer that you take precautions ahead of time to keep mm. yourself safe. So, you know, if a flash flood watch is in effect, you're probably planning a route that doesn't involve going through a stream valley. You know, those blue squiggly lines on your GPS, your right. navigation app, you probably want to avoid roads like that. We know where some of those are. They're, they're pr- flood prone. Broad Branch Road Northwest, Goldsboro right. Road in Bethesda, Rock Creek Parkway and Beach Drive. You really shouldn't be driving into those places, especially when it starts raining between the issuance of the flash flood watch and flash flood warning. Again, the watch means conditions are possible. They'll issue that maybe the day before or the day of. And then the warning means it's imminent or occurring. And when it's imminent or occurring, when the warning is in effect, when your phone, your smartphone buzzes with that flash flood warning, you're not to go anywhere near those low-lying areas. It would uh, it would probably put you in harm's way. Mm, got it. Dave, thanks for giving us this kind of addendum to the turnaround don't drown. We appreciate it. You bet. And before we go, we have this week's segment of the DMV Dates Woo! with Rosie Hughes. I'm back. Back. Sweet. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take first date here Yeah. because uh, I think this idea is pretty sweet. So the weather is beautiful. You know, yes, we've had some is. thunderstorms this week and we have some fallish weather. It's still going to be a little warm, but definitely better, not humid. Yeah. So what you're going to do for this date is you're going to go to the CNO Canal near Georgetown and you're going to get a little boat ride tour on Saturday or Sunday. Um, get the last one of the day, so it's like nice and cool, 4 mm-hmm. p.m. It's 20 bucks per ticket, so kind of pricey but worth it. Very mm-hmm. historical, you know, Sino Canal. It's going to be beautiful, slow ride on a boat. Boats are kind of, you know, mm-hmm. romantic. That's cool. And then you're going to get dropped off, and a block away, you're going to get pizza. It's going to be dinner time at this point at Il Canale. Now, mm-hmm. this is a pizza place that has, let me see if I can pronounce this, Napolitana. Napolitana. <laughs> Napolitana. I think that's what it is. It yeah. basically means that the, the pizza has a distinction. It's actually protected by the Italian government, which <laughs> mandates that if you have that name, Napolitana, Napolitana, it has to have a specific tomato, cheese, and even thickness of the crust. So when you're on your date, you know, chomping down on some delicious pizza, you can be like, hey, did you know that the yeah. Italian government sanctioned this meal yeah. that we're chumming on? <laughs> Authentico. Um, and that's sick. <laughs> and as you're doing that, you cast your eyes out the window and you look at a building uh-huh. and that building is actually where the precursor to the computer was built a little history which here. building it's the building across <laughs> from the i actually don't know the actual name but it's the building across from, the building Canale. Across from and it's okay. the building where herman hollerith actually perfected his tabulating machine in 1892 and oh they preserved God. it so it's like a historical landmark there's a little bronze plaque that you can go up and read and it's a tabulating machine so these machines were again the precursors to computers they punched cards, and then those cards would tabulate, mm-hmm. you know, data. So in the end of the 19th century, you know, insurance companies, the government used <laughs> it, and then it was bought out by IBM and created and renewed into the next computer. So incredible, a little geeky fact for your date, and there you go. That's it. That's truly 
something I never knew. Yeah, a, a holistic real, day. A real treasure of a, of a fact. Boom. Good job, Luke. Question about the boat. Does it drop you off and pick you up in the same place, or do you go on a journey? Yeah, okay. it does. I mean, you go on a journey as far as up and back. But okay. It, it just bring... goes bing, bong. Yes, okay. bing, bong. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, that's a really good date, and I like I love a Georgetown feature. My date is also uh, has a historic edge to it. This is love it. Um, and the Annapolis date, I'm calling it. Ooh. So you have to. I don't know if you've had on DMV dates a crab eating. We have experience. not had a, no, okay, we this, have not. Okay, this feels like a, a hole that needs to be filled by <laughs> me and this state. <laughs> so it's summer in the DMV. You have to eat some Maryland blue crab. Oh. And, you know, you mentioned the price of yours. We all know Maryland blue crabs are, there's a shortage this year. The mm-hmm. price is up. So this is going to be, you know, you're going to spend a little more on this date. It also might not be a good first date because mm. you are going to get messy. But got to break the ice somehow. You got to break the ice somehow. <laughs> so take yourself out to Cantler's Riverside Inn. Get like a dozen blue crabs dumped out on the table. Sit mm. outside, enjoy the river views. It's gorgeous. Just like get to know your day, goof totally. around a little, sucking the crab meat out of the <laughs> legs, crushing. <laughs> crushing the meat, the crushing the legs. You know, show off your strength. Um, <laughs> maybe have a beer, whatever. When you're done there, you're gonna be full, so you're gonna want to go walk off that delicious crab lunch mm. in just like downtown Annapolis. Oh, like go walk spot. through the historic yeah. neighborhood. I mean, unbelievable. As someone who came from the Midwest. The layout of that city is bonkers. It is. Like, it's yeah. all circles. It's it's wonderful <laughs> it's and it's European. hilarious. Yes, it's it's bonkers. So it's, it's fun to walk around, and there's so much to see and just kind of taking in these historic buildings. Mm. Um, I have a few ways you could finish this date off depending on, on who you are. So if you want dessert. Wow, a varied approach here. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to bring <laughs> Not in everyone's everyone. everyone's the same. Not everyone's the same. Um, if you're a dessert person, you got to go to the Annapolis Ice Cream Company. So good. So creamy and rich. Um, it's a classic Annapolis. Mm-hmm. If you're a tea person, you got to go to the Reynolds Tavern in 1747 pub <laughs> and have like an authentic tea experience. I feel anyway, like you're a tea person. I'm a little bit of a tea person. <laughs> um, so you, that's a kind of a choose your own adventure. And then, of course, the fun fact. I mean, there's so many fun facts in Annapolis, but... The Maryland State House is the oldest state capital in the U.S. with continuous legislative use. It dates all the way back to 1772. Whoa, so, that's before 1776. That is before <laughs> 1776. This we know. This we know to be true. So that that's a little way to just kind of get to know your date through crabs, ice cream, tea, <laughs> beer, whatever you like. And, and to get to know Annapolis. So wow. That's, well, that's what I have for you. That'll do it for this historical segment of the DMV Dates. And this show is sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab. Our music is by Real World. Kyle Cooper contributed to this episode. Give us a review and rate this show if you get the chance. Also, hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. Follow us on social media where we post content every day. And you can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a good one, and I'll see you tomorrow.